Hi guys, just popping in to give a little content warning. So this episode we have to talk about a lot of transphobic scenes. So if this feels like something you just don't really have the energy for right now, we would lovingly recommend that you maybe skip this episode because uh, we've got to protect our peace. Okay, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Bygones, the Ali McBeal rewatch podcast. I'm Laura Jane Parker. And I'm Eleanor Parker. And we rewatch every episode of Ali McBeal through 2021 eyes. 2021 in the house. The novelty of season four has not worn off yet. No, it has not. We're only two episodes in. (laughs) Yeah, it'd be a bit kind of worrying. (laughs) Imagine if if we were like, oh, Season God, four. fucking season four already. <laughs> no, season four's good. Yeah, no. Oh, you like your little bear mug. Oh, thanks. <laughs> We've got another one that's like a cat. Oh, I like it. It's cute. Yeah, it's lovely. I've got is. my Marauder's Map mug. Oh, does that change colour or something? It used to. Now it's just got stuck on the Marauder's Map bit, which is the better oh, bit to be okay. stuck on. Bad, bad magic. The magic's gone bad. <laughs> yes. Uh, Hasn't it just? <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't it just? So yeah, we're back for se- episode two of season four. Uh, duh. What was that? <laughs> it duh, as in the French for two. Oh, duh. I thought you were like, duh, but like, just not. <laughs> you were like, duh. <laughs> duh. Duh. <laughs> but saying it in a really weird way that makes sense uh yeah yeah number two well done Eleanor. yes i that's um, as much french as i know <laughs> very good ring the alarm we've got a couple new patrons uh, to shout out this episode so first of all we've got damien who has joined us on the ali mcbeal tier which is the one dollar tier on our patreon um and secondly we have marnie who has joined our patreon at the ling Wu level which is the five dollar tier so marnie is getting access to our little mini retrial episodes so if you're missing retrial make like marnie and join us on patreon um thank you so much damien and marnie it's really nice to have your support it means a lot and let's get back to the episode so what are we discussing what is this episode two all about today we are discussing season four episode two girls night out ladies night And the feeling's right. Uh, yes, yes, it's ladies, ladies night. night. Oh, oh, what a night. Oh, what a night. What is that? <laughs> Who is that? Uh, didn't um, Fitzy sing that? Fitzy? In Rob Schneider. In his... It's Cool and the Gang. And that's it. Cool and the Gang. But didn't Fitzy sing it in an Ali McBeal episode, That's or I could he be sang wrong? Puppy Dog or Puppy oh, Love. Oh, Puppy Love. Yeah, you're right. I don't know. I don't know. Well, anyway, Girls' Night Out was just reminded me of that. I don't know why. 
Okay. okay. Girls' Night Out first aired 30th of October 2000. We interrupt this program for Eleanor's cultural stuff. Brought to you by the Naughties. The other decade more problematic than it looks. Oh, the day before Halloween. Mm-hmm. The day. It was the night before Halloween. And Ali McBeal was out. <laughs> yes. Scary prospect, by all accounts. So, uh, the UK number one, I'm going to give you the artist. And I'm going to tell you now, okay. I cannot remember for the life of me how this song goes. Um, so, the artist, UK number one, the artist is Steps. Ooh. Number one. Uh, October 2000. Well, it's not a Christmas one, so I'm trying to think what would have been out. No, not a Christmas one. Is it One for Sorrow? No. Deeper Shade of Blue? No. Um, don't know, tell me. It's Stomp. Oh, I thought it would be too early for Stomp. Stomp's great. Everybody clap your hands. Get up and dance. Woo-woo. We're going to stomp all night now. Everybody move your feet. Get up on the beat. We're going to stomp all night now. Oh, it's I'm such gonna, a good one. I... I used to know the dance. Oh. <laughs> Everybody move your hands. Get up and dance. Can I just play it? Because I can't remember it. Oh, I love it. It's one of my favourite step songs. It samples... um... Everybody clap your hands. It samples uh, that song, the disco song. Yeah. Yeah, it samples that, yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is I didn't realise this went to number one as well. Everybody dance by sheep. That's what it samples. They have a new album out called What the yeah, Future rings a bell but oh, yeah I can't say I love that's it. one that really stuck with me oh I, don't, I, don't, I, I really like that, that one really I used me. to listen to that quite a lot <laughs> where did you learn the dance routine was that just through on watching my own. videos on top of pop yeah on my own I used to do the dance routine um so this was around the time where I was really into MSM messenger and I spent most of my evenings in the study yes. talking to friends 
on MSN Messenger and uh, listening to music. And so when I listened to that song, I would practice the dance in the study. <laughs> That's very funny. What passed for fun for me at 15. <laughs> okay, uh, US number one is still Christina Aguilera. And come on over, over come on come over, baby. baby. Come on over. Yeah, great, 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 great. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and um, 30th of October, so the day this came out, this is the final date during which there is no human presence in space. On October the 31st, uh, Sawyer's TM-31 launches, carrying the first resident crew to the International Space Station, the International oh. Space Station has been continuously crewed since. I so don't know if I knew that. No, but I There's I always been didn't. someone in space for the last yeah, 20 years. October the 30th, 2000 is the last day. Yeah, is the last day there was, wasn't a human presence in space. Gosh, imagine. So how long, I wonder, are the shifts up there? Like how long... Probably you stay like up there six months at a time or something. I'm gonna look that up because I want to know how long <laughs> know. do you work on the International Space Station? Six months. How right. long is your shift? Oh, really? Was I? Yeah. <laughs> it says uh, the ISS missions called expeditions usually last about six months. There are three to six crew members on board at each at all times. And professional astronaut crews come from the US, Russia, Japan, Canada, and Europe. Well, there um, we go. And NASA astronaut Mike Lopez Algria, uh, sorry, Allegria, has flown the longest US space station mission to date at 215 days. Wow. So he stayed for longer than six months, yes. but not a year. No. Interesting. I feel, though, like... Hmm. I feel like if hmm. I was gonna like getting into space and getting up to that space station, it's a pretty risky like journey. I feel yes. like I I wouldn't want to take that risk for only six months worth of time. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, do they go for six months, come down, and then they're unlikely to go back, or do they? I reckon have a rotating rotor, yeah like, I reckon it'll be like a rotor like you get half a year up there half a year holiday half a year up there half a year holiday something I like that I just feel like I it's a it's a six months seems like quite a short amount of time well I guess that if you journey, think about it though, back, do you know what I mean but if you think about it it's probably not a good idea to stay in space longer than that time yeah, because of true. things like muscle atrophy and things yes, like that. You're right. Like, yeah. um, you have to, it would probably affect so six your body. Months is like the happy medium, I suppose, yeah, to make it, it worthwhile. Probably, yeah, affect your body if you had to be in Gosh, there longer. I don't know. I'm not made of the stuff astronauts are made of, clearly. I'm just no. like, no. I'm going, up there. I'm going up there for five years to make it worthwhile. Or I'm not going at all. <laughs> yeah. It's either forever wow. or not at all. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, I today. thought that was fascinating. Um, on uh, 31st of October uh, 2000, Willow Smith is born. 
<laughs> but you were talking about our cat then. You were like, Willow was born because we think she was born around that time. <laughs> <laughs> Do we? Have we decided when it was she was born? I don't know. There's a lot of debate about when our cat came into the world. I think it was around the end of 99. Into, we got them in 2000. It was so they must have been born. born, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Not as early <laughs> as mum thinks it was. Ah. Uh, I whip my hair back and forth, I whip my hair back and forth. <laughs> and the last thing I've got is uh, 3rd of November, Charlie's Angels was released, which obviously has our uh, Lucy Lou in it. Question? <laughs> Sorry, I'm doing the pose. Uh, that's why I'm not saying anything. Um, which, which no one can see. Audio. It's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. So Lucy <laughs> Lou. Yeah. Was Imagine. Now a movie star. Well, I mean, she was a yeah. movie star before. Was she? When she did was. Kill Bill come out? Kill Bill. Kill Bill. When did that come out? <laughs> uh, wasn't that this year as well? Was oh, that let 2001? Me I've got a feeling it came out. The first volume was in the nineties. No, like, I thought it was two thousand and one. I thought it was 2001. Kim, oh no, no, you're right. It was, um, well, it was actually, it came out in 2003, the first, the first oh, right. film. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, okay. okay. So maybe, I thought it was later. Yeah, I, I thought it was earlier for some reason. Um, but yeah, no. Lucy Lou's big, like, movie. I mean, what has she done previously to this? Well, Ali McBeal, obviously. Well, obviously Ali McBeal, but oh, she'd been in Shanghai Noon, which is yeah, um, that was in two thousand two. Um, oh, she was also after this. She no, no, no. I mean two thousand two, as in two thousand as well. (laughs) (laughs) I'm confused. Yeah, she was also in. Jerry Maguire as a former girlfriend, so that can't have been a big thing. Well, she, I don't remember that. No, she's just she's just listed as former girlfriend, so she doesn't even have a name in it. Um, oh, no, but yeah, I I kind of feel like this is when she kind of, you know, this was her first big film where she's like a a main role. Yeah, was. Uh, Charlie's Angels. Ah, oh. well, there nice you go. Lucy Good Lou. for Lucy Lou. I hope she managed to like demand more money for Ali McBeal as she was now a movie star. Yeah, interesting. I wonder if she did. Mm. Well, there you go. Um, so shall we crack on with Girls' Night Out and find out what they're nighting out about? Yup. Let's. So we. Start this episode with a delightful little scene. Um, Ali has held a sleepover. Sleepover <laughs> for Halloween uh, with all her buddies from Cajun Fish and also Georgia and Renee, obviously. Um, Georgia, of course, uh, technically left the show yes. last season, so I wonder if they recorded this episode before she left I don't know but um this is basically the last full appearance from Georgia before the end of the show so okay well I was kind of surprised to see her um yeah um and I quite liked seeing her but yeah I liked seeing her as well but I I don't know why yeah um 
why they just randomly had her back for this episode and then not Bond. for uh, not for anything else. But you know, her contract was up, so maybe they had she owed them one more episode or something. I don't know. Um, but anyway, they are watching a horror movie and they're all snuggled on various places in the in the living room in uh, Renee and Ali's apartment um, and discussing meeting men. And Elaine is saying, look, you're, you're all trying to meet men in the workplace and that's never going to work because you're all strong and smart and independent there. And they're not looking, men aren't looking for equals. You need to meet them at bars where they feel dominant. And Ling is like, shush, I'm trying to watch the horror movie. Like, I'm not interested in talking about Ali's, like, failed relationships. Um, and she says, she can only love someone who makes her miserable. Brian was too nice. <laughs> and Ali's like, no, it was just a lack of passion, which is why me and Brian didn't work out. There was something missing, like, that thing. And as she says that, the killer on the, on the movie has stabbed someone on screen and everybody screams and Ali, like, falls off the couch with yeah. her arms flailing, flailing and the big bowl of popcorn she was holding just is goes it, flying. Is it Halloween they're watching? The movie? Yeah. I didn't, um, I didn't catch it. Uh, I think it, let me just double check. I think it May was. well have been, may well. Let I know me... that Link changed the channel later to Psycho, but yeah. Let me just, I just want to double check. Ling is loving it, whatever it is. Yeah, she's really enjoying <laughs> the uh, horror movies. Yeah, um, she wants to watch it clearly, back and like... Yeah, she's clearly a big she, fan, isn't she? Um, yeah, she wants to watch it back in slow motion when he yeah, does the stabbing. I don't and George that... is like, I do not want to watch a stabbing in slow motion. <laughs> oh, I think it might be Friday the 13th, actually. Oh, is it? What they might have been, yeah, because I swear he's wearing like a hockey mask, which is Jason, isn't it? I didn't, yeah, Friday I didn't pay attention to that. Jason. It was more, more uh, I, I, looking I at the girls. I think they're watching Friday the 13th. But anyway, Georgia is horrified and doesn't want to watch it back in slow motion. And Ling's like, oh, well, then fine. Because if you're party poopers, we might as well talk about Ali then. And Ali's like, no, I'm fine. I'm doing good, actually. And Ling's like, no, we're not. No, you're not. You're crushed. That's the whole reason we've organised this stupid slumber party. <laughs> and Ali just grabs the remote off of Ling and is like, I think that you think that I'm desperate. Uh, no, she grabs the remote off of Ling and is like, you think I'm desperate, don't you? And Ling's like, you're all desperate. You're all desperate because none of you have got dates on Halloween. You're all lonely, desperate women. Just admit it. And Renee is like, well, you're here. What are you? And Ling's like, I have my Richard. Which and I was like, like, this is worse than being alone. That's like <laughs> the dictionary definition of desperate, yes, in my opinion. I know. <laughs> but then we're in titles. Yeah, um, I think this was a really sweet scene and I think more women cute. in their 30s should have sleepovers. <laughs> yeah, and they should all like get, they should have more scenes with all the women in Ali McBeal as well. I was yeah. like, more of this. Why, yes. don't, why, why? I also find it interesting that Nell is at this sleepover too. Like yeah. they have like appeared to have forgiven and forgotten her her escapades of the last season in order to uh, well enough to let her come to 
and georgia they're like finally putting their their slumber parties where their mouths are which is like (laughs) you're our friend we'll actually invite you to something shit yeah exactly yeah so i think i think that's too bad it's the last time yeah Yeah. Yeah. so (laughs) one and only time we will invite you to something So the next day at the weekly meeting, um, Richard starts by passing on his condolences to Ali about things with Brian. Um, And Ali's like, she seems quite touched because she like holds Richard's hand. She's like, thank you. I'm fine. Like nobody (laughs) needs to worry about me, but I'm really enjoying the attention. Um, So yeah. And then we find out that the case of the week is that John and Nell are arguing a case against Renee and Georgia. And Richard seems very interested in their clients because he's like is she coming to the office first and ling is annoyed because she's like i don't like that you're attracted to her richard and richard's like oh no 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 it's john that's attracted to her and john is like no i am not my relationship with her is purely professional and then ali is like guys i've got another announcement and everyone's like oh my god (laughs) she gets up this time and goes to the front of the table (laughs) and shares (laughs) yeah she shares that she is going to be holding the first cajun fish women's bar association meeting in her office today at 11 a.m and i was like interesting you know women getting together for like professional development reasons this is totally in the 90s in the early 2000s this is a good thing to do because there were a lot of problems that they were battling against systemically what an interesting concept and then elaine is like ali um just so you know brian is waiting for you in your office and richard is like "Uh (laughs) uh-oh Also, I'm always, I always know, like, I always have a, like, a sense of dread sort of washes over me whenever I learn that John or Richard is attracted to one of the clients. Like, I'm always like, oh, God, it never bodes this well. Is not going well, yes. So, in Ali's office, Brian has come to apologise for uh, losing his temper when they broke up. Um, but he's also still quite confused as to why they broke up. So he's come there kind of basically looking for answers because he's like, is there someone else? And Ali's like, no. And Brian's like, well, then I'm I'm still confused. And Ali's like, look, it just, it isn't you, Brian. For a while, I really thought that it was. But then, and Brian's like, aren't you afraid of ending up alone? And I'm like, right, so that's a reason to be with someone just well, as an yeah. alternative to not being with exactly. anyone. Like, like why do you want that? Yes, <laughs> my point exactly. I'm just like, one, even if I was, that's my problem, not your problem. And two, is that what you really want? Someone who's with you just because it's marginally better than being single? Like, really? That's what you want? Brian, you should want more for yourself. I know, stupid Brian. But Ali's like, well, I'm more afraid of ending up with the wrong person. And Brian's like, look, despite what your mother may have told you, when it's right, you don't always know. And Ali's like, yeah, well, but when it isn't, you do. And I was just like, Brian. Yeah, I know. Give it up. Like, I hate begging someone to be with you. Like, but also, I hate when guys do this. Like, it's been six months. I think she knows pretty categorically 
deep down that it's a no like stop she's yeah. told you it's a no stop pushing to say that oh maybe she doesn't know or she's not given it a chance she has given it a chance she's given it six months if she's not clear and happy now, at that point yeah. then it's n- another few months is not going to make any difference like give it up stop pressurizing her to be like oh but you're gonna be so lonely and awful like you could have given up your one shot and i'm like well, all you're doing to me at the moment is confirming that I'm making the right decision. The right so decision, yeah. Because you can't take no for an answer. Like, I know. Um, yeah, it's not attractive at all. No. Um, yeah. So, meanwhile, a prospective client is meeting with Richard and Ling. And it's a woman... Uh, the client is a woman called Cindy and uh, Cindy is played by an actress called Lisa Edelstein or Edelstein... Edelstein? Steen? Edelstein? <laughs> Dunno. Edel. Edelstein. Edelstein. Um, anyway, I know her because she um, she played a sex worker in, I think it was the first season of The West Wing, um, oh, okay. who dates Rob Lowe's character. Um, and she was great in that. But I think she's also well known for being in House, which I never watched. But no, she was a recurring watched. character on that. Right. Um, so people will probably recognise her. But anyway, she is saying that um, she wants a female lawyer only, like a woman, because her case is sensitive. And Richard is there like, well, um, actually, I'm a senior partner, so kind of need to be here um but you know confidentiality is everything here like nothing will leave this room um and as he's saying all of this ling is just like pouring tea like really distractingly like the noise of it keeps interrupting him um cindy doesn't look particularly convinced but she starts telling them the nature of her case anyway um and basically she has this job um, and works for a firm who wants her to take a physical for health insurance reasons. And she thinks that's an invasion of privacy. So she refused. Um, and she even offered to kind of find her own insurance. Um, but they fired her for not taking the physical. Um, and Richard's like, well, what's the problem? Like, what's the big problem with taking the physical? Do you have a disease? <laughs> Cindy's like, no, this is the sensitive part. And Ling's like, look, if we're going to help you, we do need to know the truth. And everything you say is confidential. Like, we really do understand privacy. And I was like, do you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not convinced. No. Um, But anyway, Cindy's like, okay. Um, And so as Ling and Richard are both taking sips of tea, Cindy shares the reason that she didn't want to take the physical is because it turns out she's a trans woman. And Richard and Ling do this insane spit take of their tea all over Cindy. Uh, yeah. Because they can't believe how beautiful, quote, beautiful she is. and feminine she looks. And Cindy's like, well, I have been on estrogen a long time. So this is my real hair. Like my, my breasts are real. And Richard's like, really? Can I touch them? And I was like, oh my God. And then Ling is like, I can spot a he-she a mile away and there is no way. And I'm like, oh my God. In front of her face! They're saying these things in front of her face! Not that saying it behind her face is any better, but what? I know. And Cindy is like 
somehow like explaining and justifying her appearance because she's like, I'm a woman in almost every way except the one that would be discovered if I had to take a physical. And Richard is like fascinated, like, oh, wow, you've got her. And Cindy's like, is this the sensitivity that you were just talking about? <laughs> yeah, good, and she's basically like about about to storm out and leave. Rightfully when Richard, so. Richard somehow... I don't know how, well, because David E. Kelly wrote it, but convinces her to stay on the basis that she's she's already told them, which is the worst part, so she might as well let them help her. And Cindy's like, but but can you? And Richard and Ling don't look all that confident, in my opinion. And I was like, no, Cindy, go somewhere better. This is not the firm for you. So, like, run. Yeah, when he goes, like... <laughs> Oh, the worst part is over. I was like, is it, Richard? Is it? Or has it just begun? Like, this whole scene is my objection, basically. Um, yeah. Because it's awful from start to finish. Like, the fact that Richard completely bulldozed her wishes to only deal with a female lawyer just mm-hmm. because he had the fucking horn was, like, atrocious. But then, yeah, the spit takes and the how can you be a man? You look so beautiful. And Richard asking to touch her breasts as he moves towards her. And, yeah, use of he, she. And it's uh, it's not every day you meet such a beautiful woman with her very own dumbstick. And it just was like, fucking, please. Just the fact that they don't even try to hide their own shock that a trans person could be beautiful or try to hide their own fascination with her genitals is just like so fucking rude and humiliating and these two were just the worst lawyers she could have gone to I I just feel so sorry for her because I feel like the reason she stays is because, yeah, when Richard's like, well, you've told us now, so that's the word. Like, you don't want to go to so you haven't other... got to You haven't got to humiliate yourself again, again. by telling someone yeah, else your exactly. disgusting like, secret. Exactly. Like, like, you know, you've you've done it here now, so you don't want to have to do that again and have to deal with oh. the same reaction again. Like the the that that bit's done now, so you might as well like you know stay here. And it's like, and I can imagine that yeah, if that is the world you're living in, where when you tell people that. And that's the reaction they have. It would the idea of having to do that again, again. would just be like mm. the emotional draining. How draining that must be. Like I just yeah, I can it, it. I can imagine it feeling like you don't have much of a choice unless you yeah. can go through this again. Which oh, it's just it's appalling, just horrible. I really. Yeah, that whole scene was a fucking car crash. It was horrible. Uh, yeah, the problem is, is I couldn't put my injection in there because I was just like, the whole thing gets worse. Well, but anyway, so yeah, um, moving on yeah. <laughs> quickly. Um, in court, uh, in John and Nell's case, um, there's a guy called Chris, who I couldn't say Chris for some reason. I just went, Chris. <laughs> 
There's a guy called Chris who is being questioned by Georgia. Um, and Chris worked for Myra, who is John and Nell's client. And she, Myra is played by Marsha Cross, who, of course, we all know Desperate as Bree from Desperate Housewives now. Um, but Myra, um, Chris is saying, is, is an architect. And basically one night, um, Chris and her were working late, you know, like after midnight, um, when her arm kind of brushed his arm um and he's saying that it could have been inadvertent but with Myra nothing is inadvertent she is an unabashed sexual predator and Nell objects and George is like it's a lay opinion um and the objection gets overruled um and next um Chris says that he he kind of looked at her and there was this sort of chemistry And then Myra brought a hand to his groin area and began fondling him. Um, And as Chris is testifying and telling this story, Myra accidentally (laughs) brushes her arm past John's arm and John just goes... Which is really funny. Um, And then Chris... Chris continues um, once everyone's calmed down because everyone's sort of startled. Um, and it's like, we ended up having sex in the office. And then a month later, Myra wanted to have relations again. And he says that he felt under pressure. So he ended up leaving his job. And then Nell crosses and she gets Chris to share that the sex was definitely consensual. Um, and in fact, Nell's like, isn't it true that once she touched you, you became the aggressor? And Chris is like, no, no, I think it was mutual. Um, but Nell's like, well, you tore her clothes off, like, apparently. Um, uh, but Chris is like, well, yeah, but then after I felt like this pressure to do it again. And Nell is like, oh, how awful. Which Renee and Georgia object to. But then Nell is like, well, suppose I was to come on to you. Would you sue me? And then Renee and Georgia reject again. And I was like, Nell. I know. Why? Hey, why are you dressed like a Star Trek villain? Like, again. Like, <laughs> she did this. She looks like really fucking odd. But also, I mean, I just, yeah, when she goes, like, oh, how awful. Like, you, you can't possibly have felt uncomfortable um feeling pressure to have sex with an attractive person like that's not possible that's that's a treat (laughs) if anything like i just what horrible horrible reasoning i know so back at the office um richard and ling are seeing cindy out um but they're walking through the office and Richard is like, I think we should get an injunction injunction because that way um, no one's going to have to hear about your, your penis. And Cindy's like, shh, like they're in the middle of the, the fucking, fucking office. office. Yeah, I know. Because Richard has clearly never heard of discretion. And I mean, at least Ling also has the decency to try and shut him up at this point. Mm. Um, but he's like, then he goes into this like, loud whisper essentially which is not much better where he's like because you know we can claim the the physical is an invention is an invasion of your privacy um and anyway elaine then comes over to ling to remind her that ali's meeting is about to start um and ling's like oh yeah i'll be there in a minute and then mark walks by and he has his eye taken by cindy because he's like hi and cindy's like 
hi. And he walks off. Um, and Richard's like, you know, Cindy, please don't worry. Um, these types of cases are why I got into law. Um, it's all going to be fine. And he like pats her on the shoulder and goes, um, as Mark is still kind of like looking at Cindy from the other side of the office. So Mark taken by Cindy. Yeah. Um, Richard, Richard, a fucking asshole. <laughs> be a complete fucking dick. Like I just, uh, it's it's not just the fact that it's like, Comfort. I mean, I think we've talked about this before when um, in the first season with um, Boy to the World with um, yeah. Stephanie. Wilson Cruz. Yeah, yeah. like uh, the, I, I just, this idea that it's absolutely fine to like be loud about you out, know, people. out people. It's like, this is fucking, like this isn't just, dangerous mortifying this is fucking dangerous you are messing with the safety of someone else like and their body like you are you are potentially putting them in big big danger like uh, that is not okay um, i know i i just and i just think it's horrible. really shocking how fast and loose david e kelly uses this as the butt of a joke Yes, absolutely. In this episode, like, oh, it's so funny. Like, he almost says that she's got a penis. And it's, yeah, like, it's like, no, that's not funny. not funny. This is really That's not like are. some funny little, oh, secret I've spilled. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, like, it's life ruining. Yeah, absolutely. I just, you know. If and someone, life threatening if someone, in many cases. Yeah, and if someone is not, she's clearly not happy about anyone finding out about, um her trans status unless she tells them herself you don't get to decide who who knows and who doesn't and i know just be f- uh, just but it's yeah. but it's just the way it's played as like a little gaff yeah like, like <laughs> yeah. like yeah that's it's it's more important than that and it's it should be treated with more weight Respect. and i know it's like it's a I know it's a product of its time, but yeah. I guess I'm quite shocked that it's not that long ago no, that that sort not. of stuff was was that sort of material was treated that way by screenwriters and mm. and TV shows. Like it's it's quite shocking actually yeah, to I me. And um, there's no way anything like this would get past get on air these well, days. I, I think not. I hope not. Um. So anyway. It's time for Ali's Women of the Law meeting. Um, and it's not just for Cajun Fish no. um, and their employees. Renee and Georgia are there as well. Um, and Ali calls things to order by explaining what this is all about. And apparently, what Ling said last night got her, got her, to, got her to thinking um, <laughs> that they, as professional women, are pathetic because they all agree that a personal life is more important than a professional life, and yet they devote every waking moment to work, either in the office or at home. So how can they possibly expect to have the same kind of success personally as they do professionally when they only put in a fraction of the time or effort? (laughs) And I was like... Like, I need Tracy's, like, laugh track. I mean, <laughs> Ali literally does 
no work. <laughs> All she does is tend to and wallow in her personal life. Like, how is she saying this with a straight face? And also, if this is like the purpose of this group, like let's spend more time on our personal lives then. Why are they holding this meeting in work time? Like do it on your fucking lunch break. She actually says at one point. I can't. I can't. This is just too ridiculous. She actually says at one point, this meeting is not about motherhood. It's about recognising life is a little bit more rich with a partner. And it's like... (laughs) Right. So, (laughs) I can't believe for, like... I thought for, like, one hot minute that Ali was finally engaging in her career and looking to (laughs) form stronger bonds with like-minded peers (laughs) and to to go forth and and tackle the, the challenges of expanding opportunities for women in the male-dominated field of law. But no, what Ali has actually set up is a husband hunting club. Well, we'll get to that because we've not got to that yet. But yeah, so Nell, like this was even before they get to that bit where she just does her preamble where she's like, we need to spend more time in our personal lives. I was like, of all people, you need to spend less time on your personal life. Oh my goodness. But anyway, so Nell is like, I don't prioritize a personal life. I don't even want one. Like, what's the goal? To get married? Yuck. To have children and have our breasts swell up with milk so some crying, sniveling baby can suck them dry until they're saggy. And then Ali says that thing that you said, which is like, no, Nell, this isn't about motherhood. It's about recognizing life is a little more rich with a partner. And Nell is like, well, I don't agree that it needs to be a man. Women are better partners for everything except for sex. And as for sex, yuck. And I'm like, has anyone tried sex with a woman here? Like, nobody's, <laughs> like, how would you know? And I also thought it was really funny that they have Porsche, Porsche say that line as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Georgia is like, look, what is the point then? And Ali is like, my point is, if we're serious about taking control of our lives, we have to become proactive in finding a life partner. Um, But she doesn't have any kind of plan yet. Um, But what she says is she's going to go and do some research. She's going to talk to an eligible man who um, is the kind of person we might want to meet and find out where they would go about trying to find smart, eligible women like us. And Ling's like, yeah, well, well, how, do you know any eligible man, men like that? And if you do, like, why aren't you throwing yourself at him? And Ali's like, well, he's not really my type, but I think maybe Mark would be a good person to pick the brains off. <laughs> and she's like, I'm gonna talk to him and then we will reconvene. And like, no one else seems convinced about any of this. I'm just like- and I was like... Let's back up a bit, right? This is supposed the to point. be the Cage and Fish Women's Bar Association right. meeting. Well, this is the thing. I was like, let's back up. Is she saying that the point of this meeting is for her to get all the women to be like, 
let's find men yes. together like like a club like i don't i don't get it club. that is what she's actually doing i'm just like this is i want to be mad at ali but actually i'm mad at david e kelly because this is so <laughs> fucking condescending i just cannot i cannot like this could i know been. this could have like when when she said it in the morning meeting i was like Oh, interesting okay. yeah so, same. You know, like this this and i'm i'm kind of pleasantly surprised that this is coming from ali i would have expected this more from nell or something so this is you know this is interesting it is. and then it's like yeah so how are we gonna find a husband guys it's just like what the fuck <laughs> but also i do think because that seems to be like the end of the meeting she doesn't like gather opinions she's just like this is what, I'm what i think we should do yeah. and we'll come back together when i've got some more information for you and i was like talk about meetings that could have been emails like for god's sake <laughs> <laughs> yeah who's taking the minutes for this shit show like, like... <laughs> well anyway Woman. ali then goes to leave her office and like let everyone out and she opens the door and richard like falls in like from eavesdropping yes. and as Ling walks past he's like I'm not comfortable with you being part of this manhunt and she's like oh don't worry I won't be looking for anyone like you and then if Richard turns Richard, at- I'd be like you're doing this on company time <laughs> I know it's 11 a.m like do it on your lunch break or like after hours but anyway Richard turns to Annie and is like I thought you didn't need a man and Annie's like I don't but I want one and I was like, so to right. feel better about it, you need all your friends to want one too? Like, what? I'm, I'm baffled. I'm just baffled. At the Completely whole mad. Completely mad. Oh, so, meanwhile, in the unisex, um, Cindy is touching up her makeup and uh, Mark comes in and starts... Um, talking with her and they introduce themselves uh, and Mark's like oh I know who you are Richard told me about your thing Um, and Cindy just looks really alarmed but at that moment Ali comes in the door and is like oh Mark can I talk to you later Um, and Mark's like yeah sure and and then Ali leaves and then Cindy's like "Uh, Richard, Richard said what and Mark's like oh you know he told me about your case like I really admire your testosterone taking a stand like this and I was like that's a really that's exactly what I wrote I was like that is really strange way of phrasing that but fine no Uh, no wonder no wonder Cindy was getting so concerned but she's like okay what what else has Richard said to you and Mark's like oh no that's all oh and you're opposed to like mandatory physicals um and he's like oh but actually you know you got me I don't care anything about your case I'm just here because I'm curious and Cindy looks like she's about to go nuts but Mark's like (laughs) are you seeing anyone and then at that moment Richard sticks his head around the door and it's like oh Cindy we've got to run and Mark's like oh okay well can I can I call you and Cindy's like I don't think that's a good idea and she's like I've got to get to court and she leaves and as she's leaving Elaine comes out of a stall having heard the whole thing and Mark's like how do you think I did and Elaine's like well if a girl doesn't say no it's yes pursue and I was like uh, uh. I was like, well, one, you just one, fucking say Elaine? I was like, one, she she did say no. She was like, that's not a good idea. That's no. <laughs> yeah. But also, Elaine, what? Yeah, I know. Like, I that's was... a terrifying thing to come out of your mouth. Oh, my God. I was, it, it, It's this weird, like, stop 
stop helping men find loopholes in the things that women say. Like, I'm just like, it's so fucking terrible when people are like, well, you know, you can't get mad at me for doing something you strongly suggested I shouldn't do because you actually didn't say I shouldn't do it. You weren't explicit. um, So, you know, therefore you can't be mad at me when I ignore what you say. Like, I just, Oh, it's very obvious she is turning you down. So maybe take her word for that. Like, and oh, Elaine, Elaine. I oh. know, no, no. Um, so in the courthouse uh, now, uh, Myra is on the stand and she's being questioned by John, and she admits that she found Chris um, extremely attractive, and she sensed that he felt the same. And John's like, "Well, how?" And he. Myra goes, well, because he's male. <laughs> and John is just clearly extremely flustered by how goddamn sexy Myra is <laughs> because he's like, uh, so, um, Ms. Robbins, um, so, so, so what happened? You were attracted to him. Uh, you said he was male and you just decided <laughs> to have sex with me. Uh, I mean, him, uh, that man. <laughs> and Myra's like, he was male. <laughs> and Myra is like, well, we were two consenting adults acting out a very horny moment. And John's like, did you ever put pressure on him? <laughs> like his voice breaks. Um, uh, and he asks, did you ever put pressure on him to have relations with you again? And Myra's like, look, I just let him know that the opportunity was there. There was no pressure. But then all of a sudden he quit. And John's like, well, maybe he did so to take advantage of these absurd sexual harassment laws and make a financial (laughs) killing. And Renee and Georgia object. And John's like, you heard the plaintiff talk about the pressure. Um, and, And Myra's like, no, my workplace is not a sexually charged arena. It's about the work. There was absolutely no pressure. And then Renee crosses and we find out that actually Myra has previous on this because she slept with three other assistants. Um, But Myra doesn't see that as a very high like hit rate, so to speak, because she says that every man she's met since the age of 16 has wanted to sleep with her. So for her to have slept with like a mere three before Chris (laughs) is like not that many. Um, And uh, Renee is like, oh, uh, so are you proud of that? And Myra's like, it just means that when I meet a man I like the look of, I have no problem asking. Just like I've been asked thousands of times. And just like I've been free to say no all those times, so are they. And John gets up and is like, Your Honour, that was an excellent response. I'd like her to repeat it in case any of the jurors missed it. (laughs) And the judge is like, no. (laughs) And Renee's like, so you see no problem with making sexual advances to employees. And Myra's like... Well, there is a problem with coercion, but not in making an advance. And I was like, oh, Myra. I know. It's Myra, such a weird, Myra, Myra. Weird disconnect to have. Like, how can you not see that the fact that you pay him his salary I know. is in and of itself a type of coercion? Like, to yeah, have this complete weird. blind spot when it comes to power dynamics is just really something bizarre (laughs) i know um 
so John and Nell go into the ante room at the courthouse with Myra and John is raving about Myra's testimony and how brilliant it was. But Nell's like, um, no, it wasn't. She admitted not seeing anything wrong with hitting on people who work for you. <laughs> like she's like made the opposition's case. Um, and then she's like, look, I realise you're drawn to her, but her testimony made their case and it was negligent of you not to prepare her better. And John like takes Nell aside because obviously Myra's right there. And it's like, I don't appreciate you talking to me like that in front of the bosom. I mean, client. Oh God. And Nell's just, Nell's just there like rolling her eyes. Yeah, like, John's clearly like bullshit. all flustered because he fancies her. Yeah. Um, and she's just like, look, they're making her out to be a sexual predator. And she just declared herself to be one. Like we should try and settle. Yeah. Like that's the right thing to do. And she leaves. Uh, like excuses herself and leaves the room and Myra's like to John is she right are you drawn to me John it's okay for you to admit it and it might not even be futile either and John's like I think we should concentrate (laughs) (laughs) and Myra's like always reminds me of like Sebastian from the little (laughs) man yes yes I mean, yes, your majesty. Yes, your majesty. Yeah, no, I know. He, his voice keeps breaking. He's very squeaky. And Myra's like, okay, we should. Reluctant. Um, in another courtroom, in Cindy's case, poor old Judge Walsh is having to listen <laughs> no. to Richard. I mean, I could barely follow this argument. I have no idea what he was saying. He was basically trying to say that the physical is illegal um, and he's like, because of the first, second and fourth amendments and and he's just being his typical terrible self yeah, in a courtroom. failing upwards, isn't he? Yeah, like why do they let him try cases? Anyway, <laughs> Judge Walsh is like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> and then the opposing counsel even offers to like explain it for everyone. Um, and the judge is like, but he's arguing the opposite side. And he's like, yeah, but my experience with him is that if you can understand what he's actually trying to say, it helps my case more. <laughs> Which I thought was really funny. Um, yeah. But anyway, Ling gets up and it's like, look, if Cindy wants to waive having the insurance she shouldn't have to take the physical and the opposing counsel is like but why would she not want to take the physical like she obviously has something to hide and Richard is like well even if that is the case it's her thing to hide and I'm not even saying she has a thing but even if she did fourth amendment move for costs (laughs) and Judge Walsh is like look I'm gonna grant the injunction like if she wants to waive the insurance they can't force her to take the physical um, and the opposing counsel is like, but don't you have more to say, Mr. Fish? <laughs> Richard's like, yes, thank you. And he's about to like waffle on some more nonsense. And Judge Walsh is like, Enough. mate, you, you've won. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> oh, dear. So, it's, it's, always mis- it's always Judge Walsh that ends up I feel sorry for Judge Walsh. To, like, Richard, like, oh, idiotic man. spiel. So... Back with Ali, who is, uh, surprise, surprise, not doing any work again. Um, she's <laughs> caught up with Mark and she's quizzing him on where eligible men go to meet women. And Mark is like... <laughs> like, they're, uh, like they're like some hive mind. <laughs> like, like, how can we possibly plug into this, this network of information that we can't possibly understand? Um, so Mark is like... 
um, well, Neanderthals just want to meet models and, and so do educated professionals. Um, and the reason for that is because they're, they're tall, sophisticated and they don't speak. Uh, and I was like, Mark, uh, <coughs> nobody likes you anyway. You're not doing yourself any favours. Yeah, you're really not endearing <laughs> me to you. And he says um, he has a friend who owns a bar and twice a year they put on a model's night. But the problem is, is it's always just full of men because the models never show up. And I was like, Cal surprise, Mark. I wonder why. <laughs> Gross. Um, but Ali's like, well, that's, you know, that's really not helpful in the slightest. I don't know why I even bothered talking to you. Thank you anyway. Um, but then she's suddenly like, actually, I've had an idea. And she like runs off. Like, and models, then Richard. Hang on. I think <laughs> Models Night sounds like the saddest sausage party like, ever. <laughs> like, you can smell the like. saddest sausage <laughs> in Cajun You can fish. smell the aftershave and the mediocrity from here. Like, it's really <laughs> bad. It's the second worst gathering of men since Man Baby HQ. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Goodness me. Um, so then Richard and Ling get back from court with Cindy and Richard is all excited about winning. He's like puffing a cigar and he's like, Mark, we've won. We're going to go down to the bar to celebrate. Come with us. Um, and Cindy's like, oh no, it's, it's been really a, a long day. I should go home. Which is like, nonsense. Ling and I are just going to check our messages and we're going to go down. Hang on to her, Mark. Don't let her get away. I'm just like, stop ignoring this woman's words. <laughs> I mean, if you ever needed proof that trans women are women, just look at how men consistently ignore the things she says. <laughs> Poor Cindy. <laughs> so at the bar, uh, Vonda and Renee are singing a song called Want Ads by um, Honey Cone. Um, I've never heard that song before. No. But, um, anyway, Ali is ex- explaining her plan that she's come up with um, from her conversation with Mark to the other girls. Um, So she's like, tomorrow night at the bar, I've arranged for it to be models night, but no models will be there because Mark is like, they do not show up. So it's just going to be a bar full of men and us. And Nell's like, this is the stupidest idea I've ever heard. <laughs> but Elaine's like, no, I'm, in, I'm into it. And Nell's like, well, what a shock. You probably bought new knee pads. And I was like, yeah. No. Mean. Yeah. Like, you're only just getting back into their good books. Why would you throw that out there? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and Ali's like, well, how about you, Georgia? Um, like, are you looking for someone? And Georgia's like, I started looking when I was still married. It's how I met your father. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> burn georgia um meanwhile mark on the other side of the bar is trying to get cindy to dance with him which she agrees to and they go to the dance floor as richard and ling watch them and they're like hmm what's going on there and richard is like do you think he likes it and ling's like her richard her and i was like yuck I mean... Absolutely yuck. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Jesus fucking Christ. Why is the writing, like, so fucking atrocious? Like, so hateful. Like, that is hateful. 
to me. Like, that's not fucking funny. That's, that's like, the most obvious, like, calling a living, breathing human being it is, like, Mm -hmm. the most obvious way to dehumanise someone. Yes. Like, it is not funny on any level. Like, I... No, I know. It is hateful. And I just... I, I don't... I don't get it. Like, I really don't. It's just, like, mind-blowing to me how far the kind of mainstream discourse... I know there's still very vocal, transphobic uh, people out there. Yeah. But as far as the mainstream broadcast is concerned, I don't think you can do this anymore. And how far it has had to come in a relatively short space of time. I just... I've just cannot believe that people were watching this only 20 years ago and seeing nothing wrong Wrong with with it it. yeah yeah largely (laughs) most people yeah and just being like oh it's just richard being stupid richard and i'm like no is is, it though (laughs) this is ugly this is mean-spirited it's not not good Um, so, so back at the office, there is one person who is not at the bar. John is working on his closing, which is where Myra finds him. Um, and he's barefoot, uh, obviously. Um, although he explains to Myra that he's doing it bare-breasted by mistake. <laughs> Um, and she's come to see him because she wants to say sorry for being so forward. And she's like, it's usually only like wolves and hockey players who approach her. The shy guys that she's attracted to are too intimidated, which is why she's never asked out by the nice guys. So to counteract that, she's kind of become more forward over the years. But she does understand that John, you know, wants to keep the relationship professional for now. So she's like, I'm really sorry for before. Um, and then she goes to leave. And as she's leaving, John's nose whistles. And she turns back and is like, oh, d- did you say something? And he's like, <laughs> no. And then she goes to leave again. But then his nose whistles even more. And she's like, are you making tea? And John's like, no. Um, but would, would you like some? And she turns around and is like, I can see you're still a little nervous. Um, uh, but maybe we, we finish the case um, and get get tea after. And John's like, uh, okay. <laughs> but then she kisses him and she's like, actually, I'd really like to get some of that tea now. And John looks really happy and like moves in and they start kissing. I love, I love when we start this scene and he's like working on his closing. You hear him say like... Bare-breasted. Um, yeah. <laughs> you hear him say, going like, sexual harassment laws were designed to protect women. And I was just like, if this isn't the most basic bitch legal <laughs> argument that he's going to make, like, I just... <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh. Oh, um, so, so back at the bar, um, Mark and Cindy are dancing as Vonda is singing. I mean, even this is trolling. Um, if I were your woman by Gladys Knight. Um, um, but Mark and Mark and Cindy are having a great time by all uh, you know objective accounts. Um, and Mark's like, "Oh, can I walk you home?" Um, 
But Transphobes Anonymous, aka Richard and Ling, are watching. Um, and Ling's like, I'm penile psychic. Something is up and I'm not talking about hers. And mm. Richard is like, I should tell him. And I was like, oh my God, I are they, is this happened? Are they going there? Um, but Ling at least has the decency to say that he can't tell because, not because, you know, it's a fucking morally horrendous thing to do and life threatening and life ruining and all those things we talked about earlier. But no, just because we promised confidentiality. <laughs> like, that's your that's professional not the only duty. reason. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I was like, it's also a fucking horrendous thing to do, Ling. Yeah. So I'll get that in there. <laughs> Um, but Richard is like, there's no value in a secret if you can't repeat it. Fishism. The woman has a penis. It's not right. Uh, I just, <sighs> Richard should not be allowed near any clients or cases ever. <laughs> like, he just shouldn't. Well, be Ling is allowed. like you won't say a word. But then Richard just looks on at them like with this disgusted look on his face. I'm like, this is so horrible, horrible to watch. Yeah. So it's the morning after the night before, and it turns out um, that John slept with Myra last night. Yes. So, you know, good for you, John. But also now, let's see if you can sleep with a nice woman who isn't your client or your employee. <laughs> Do you think that's possible? <laughs> let's try it. One <laughs> let's give it a go. I'm sure you've got it in you. It's fine. <laughs> um, Richard is, he's telling, he's told Richard and Richard is really pumped for him. But John is scared because he's like, I've committed an infraction. She is a client. It was wrong. And Richard's like, what's, what's the problem? This is why we started our own firm, to reap the fruits of our own vines. <laughs> And I was like, of course it is, John, uh, Richard. Of, uh, of course that's why you started your own firm. Like... um and john um and then he asks uh you know if he likes her and john's like well yeah i do which is like well everything is worth it if the heart says so woody allenism and this is my because i'm like i'm sorry using a fucking child molester as a lol gag Uh, like i mean i don't know that's not funny how I think, again, this is a a thing of that time in terms of, like, it's only just really begun to be accepted that Woody Allen is, like, a terrible human being. I think there was was stuff, like, the fact that he went on and married his, like, stepchild. I I wouldn't be taking relationship advice from a man that married his own daughter, but, you know, each to their own. Was it his stepchild or was it his adoptive daughter? It was his adoptive adopted, daughter, wasn't it? Adopted. I mean, that is not right. And no. I, 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 even, and even if you didn't know all the stuff that has come out in more recent times, he's no, he's not someone a to be creep with a capital C. Like I, and I just think you know Richard being like, oh, everything's worth it if the heart says so. Look at this guy who's a horrendous human being. Like, that's not funny. No, no. Um, anyway, so I just found that appalling and, and put my objection in there. Um, sure. So, yeah, Richard's like, uh, you know, basically go for it. Um, and then Mark joins the conversation as John runs off. Um, and Richard's like, oh, Mark, how was your night with Cindy? 
Um, and Mark is clearly enamored with Cindy, um, and which is like, Mark, uh, how do I say this? Um, it's wrong for you to date Cindy because she's a client. Um, and Mark's like, yeah, but the case is over. And, and since when do we have rules about who we can date? You always have your finger in an associate's knee pit. And Richard is like, look, knee pits are going to look awfully good to you once you see. And I was like, what? Awful. But Mark, Mark is almost, uh, and Mark's like, see what? And then Richard very, very nearly almost outs Cindy. Yeah. But instead he manages to pivot and it's like, she's a virgin. And I'm like, Hell. this is fucking just he's a fucking out. liability like it's not your business at all and then mark just goes richard if we were in the unisex having the same conversation what would happen and richard's like well that's easy obviously i'd just turn around and cindy would be there um and mark's like flush flush <laughs> and richard turns around to face a very Furious. very understandably angry cindy yes who yanks him into his office and just goes completely berserk at him as she fucking well should yeah um and richard is like but he's he's a friend of mine i'm just looking out for my friend (sighs) and cindy's like i've had boyfriends before and richard's like have you how and cindy's like i just tell them that i'm catholic so i'm against premarital sex and richard's like but I'm still confused. What other kind of sex is there? And he's like, anyway, I won't tell. I promise I won't tell. I'm just worried about Mark getting hurt. You know, he doesn't want to be able to, like, he's not really going to be bragging to his friends, like, oh, with my girlfriend, I can play Jack in the box. And I was like, And Cindy is like, that is why I didn't want the physical because of that blatant bigotry. And Richard is like, well, maybe I am a bigot, but the issue here is Mark, you are misleading him. And Cindy is like, I will tell him when the time comes. And Richard's like, well, I hope the time comes before your secret does because guys don't like sleeping on somebody else's wet spot. And I was like, fucking hell, Richard. And Cindy slaps him which i was fully behind yeah and she says i will tell him when i am ready you stay the hell out of it yeah i just i hate it here i hate it it's horrible so so horrible yes just what richard thinks it's got anything to do with him anything to do with him is just and this whole thing about you're misleading, misleading him. him like no like, no she isn't they're just getting to know each other as human beings you don't tell everyone your whole entire past it is completely up it's to irrelevant when she tells him like if. when yeah but but i mean it's just like yeah because it may fizzle to nothing like it and there's may, no point and, and yeah exactly no point. like i i just think uh, this is so not got anything to do with anyone else than her and Mark. Like, and I don't buy his thing about oh, Mark's a friend. I'm just looking out for yeah. him. I don't want him to get hurt. I'm like, who says he'd get hurt? Yeah. Like, it, as you say, it may fizzle out, and then you never have to. He never had. Do to you know, know what I mean? Like, you, you yeah. never, he'd never know, and it doesn't matter one way or the other. Yeah. It's just like, <sighs> I, I, it's just. Faux concern, do yeah, you know what I mean? Just yeah, because you don't horrible. agree with 
the concept because, of trans people. Because you can't imagine that someone would want to date a trans woman. That's what it is. It is a complete lack of imagination that there could possibly be a man that would want to date a trans woman. And it's just like, well, they are out there. They are definitely out there. Trans yeah, women some people get don't dates re- with, don't... with cisgendered men. Like, it happens. Absolutely Because does. people are attracted to people. They're not attracted to, you know, gender necessarily. Like, it, it just, I, I think it's all person, like, very much based person to person, like, attraction. Yeah. It's very, and it's just kind of like, just because you can't imagine it, it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. And, and it doesn't it mean that you need to, like, got nothing God. to do with you. So you're not like the moral guardian of who people can and can't decide to be attracted to. It's not on you to put gates on And it's not up to you when she tells, if she tells the person she's dating about her, her sort of trans status. Like that is completely down to her when she decides to do that. It's got it was incredibly upsetting. It's really, and I just didn't, I didn't like the kind of, him trying to take the moral high ground of being like, I'm just looking out for my friend. Yeah, it's like, bullshit. Crap. Fuck off. Um, Like, you barely know the man. Yeah. So in the courtroom in John and Nell's case, um, Georgia is doing her closing and she's like, look, this is textbook sexual harassment. It's no different because she's a woman. To say so would be to apply a double standard. And why should it be different? And then it's John's turn and he <laughs> quietly kind of walks up to the jury and then he goes, Because it is different! <laughs> and everyone is startled and he's like, women have been sexually victimised for hundreds of years. Men haven't. Men are physically dominant. Women aren't. Women battle daily being reduced to sexual objects. Men don't. It's different when a woman like that propositions a man like me uh, i mean him (laughs) is he really harassed were you all going oh poor guy sexual harassment law was designed to protect women (laughs) and now it's being exploited by this man and he's only in here because he thinks you'll condemn her not because he was really harassed but because he knows that sexually forward women are scorned by society men are don juan women are sluts Guys are prolific, girls are a tramp. If Hillary Clinton had had a session with an intern, she wouldn't even be running next month. This country puts a scarlet letter on women who lead with their libidos, and that is just what he is betting on. Yeah, there sits a victim. Say it with me. And they all go, (laughs) And then, when John sits down, Myra has her hand, like, (laughs) under his butt, and I was like, Christ, woman, there is a time and a place. I know, Jesus. Jesus Christ. Um, so, at the bar, it's Ali's model night. Um, and we have Vonda, Renee, and I kept Renee Goldsbury singing It's Raining Men. It's Raining Men. So, really oh, pleased no. to see Renee get some, as in Renee Goldsbury, get some, uh, you know, front and center stage time yeah um as a three with those guys brilliant um and anyway mark was right the bar is packed with men um and it's just 
the Cajun fish women there. Um, so Georgia and Elaine and Ali, who has her like snazzy wavy hair, are like all dancing in the middle of like separate packs of men. Um, and Nell is like surrounded by another pack of men like fawning all over her and she looks really uncomfortable yes like she does. I, I don't know why she's she there. Turned <laughs> to us. Yeah, exactly. um ling is kind of holding court at a table surrounded by men um including richard because richard is like can't stay away from her side um and cindy is just dancing with mark and larry is somehow there like sitting at the bar <laughs> he just turns up <laughs> and all the women, apart from Nell from Cajun Fish, are are, are having like a whale of a time dancing uh, amongst the XY chromosomes because there's no homo here. It's all <laughs> about the heterosexual women and the men. Um, and then, but then some guy in like Nell's like group just like strokes, reaches out to like stroke her hair, yeah, and like as it like really creepily, and she's just she just looks so so tense. uncomfortable, and yeah. I was like. I don't know about you, but I feel really uncomfortable watching this whole scene. Like, this is hell to me. Yeah. Like, just being surrounded by leering men in an intimidating, like, pack around me. Like, I'm like, what about this is fun? No. Nothing. Yeah, I think this is... I think this is what David E. Kelly thinks women want. (laughs) 90s feminists want, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Um, Yeah. And Ling um, at her table with all the men um, and and Richard is just like whinging next to her being like, why are we doing this? What is all this? Um, But he's also keeping like one eye on Mark dancing with Cindy. Um, And Larry is like watching Ali dance with guys. And then Brian walks in and he takes like one look at Ali and he looks real pissed. And then he goes to the stage and he stops the music and he grabs a mic he and he's like, can I have... You're raining men. Like, I'm sorry. Get out. <laughs> Just wait for that to finish. Yeah. yeah. He stops the music, grabs the mic, asks for everyone's attention. And he's like, one of my colleagues said a group of women had set up a model's night on the pretext of meeting men. Bit cheeky, I thought, but you're having a grand time. So let's all... Thank Ali McBeal for organising this event. And everyone's like, yay, well done, Ali McBeal. Woohoo. And then Brian is like, the truth is, I broke up with, um, Ali and I broke up a couple of days ago. And uh, breakups can be very painful. But I'm so glad to see that you're coping, Ali. Carry on. And then he just leaves. And everyone is just like, standing around (laughs) awkwardly. And like that party is like well and truly pooped. And I was like, Jesus Christ, Brian. I was just like, fuck you, Brian. Like if I was Ali, I would have, as he's like leaving, I would have got the mic and been like, and why did I dump you, Brian? Because you were shit in bed. So is it any wonder, excuse me, that I wanted a fucking party? Hit it, ladies. Like, <laughs> I, I did think that when he went off, I was like, if I was Vonda, I'd be like, okay, well, let's get the music going. Like, yeah. instead, everyone's just standing around like, oh, no. Oh, and it's no. like silence. Yeah, I was just like... Fuck you, Brian. Like Fuck you, Brian. She's allowed to have a fucking party if she wants a fucking party. Like 
Move on. You did not need um, to turn up to this at all. No, this was really embarrassing for him. Um, so <laughs> the next day, uh, Myra comes to John's office um, to pick him up on the way to court. And um, she's like, oh, what, what are you feeling? And John's like, oh, I feel great. No regrets. And Myra's like, no, 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 about the verdict. <laughs> And John's like, oh, um, okay, well, uh, he thinks that they're going to win because the jury seems to be with them. And then he's like, well, if we do win, like, I know this really nice place for us to go to dinner if we want to celebrate. And Myra's like, oh, 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 I'd love that, but I've got a date tonight, like maybe another time. And John seems a bit taken aback. And yeah. he's like, oh, okay, you've got a date, sure. Um and he kind of ends up asking, was the other night just about sex for you? And Myra's like, yeah. She's like, I, I like you and I'm I'm very attracted to you, but I, I just don't see us as a couple. Um, and I think John is is hurt, but he's almost, he's trying to like style it out. Like, yes, oh absolutely. yeah, sure. Of course, we, we'd never be a couple. Like, I'm breezy. I have still got, <laughs> I've still got oats to sow. Um, Breezy oats. <laughs> <laughs> Breezy oats, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, it's um, quite amusing. Um, but, yeah, uh, and then um, just as he's kind of, like, breezing all over that, um, Nell comes in and it's like, guys, uh, like, the jury's got a verdict. Like, let's go. Um, so, meanwhile, Ali has decided to go and pay Brian a visit. And I was like, but why? Like yes. you don't owe him anything. Uh, yes, my my. <laughs> what is the point? I, I, oh God, <laughs> I hated this scene. Well, it's this thing that we were saying last episode. Like she cannot bear the thought of someone thinking badly of her. Of her. Yeah. I'm like, just let it go. Like move yeah. on. You don't have to see him ever again. Yeah. Like. Don't worry about it. I know. But anyway, she decides she has to go there to explain what was happening last night and to like justify it and blah, 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 blah. So she's um, sorry. Yeah, she's like, I thought public... She's like, I thought public speaking made you nervous. And Brian's like, well, I thought you weren't a fan of orgies. And I was like, Brian, it's hardly <laughs> an orgy. <laughs> um, but Ali's like, look, this is how this event came to pass. Um, and she's like, I don't think it warranted your performance, but it, it was disrespectful to you and your feelings. So I apologize. <laughs> and even Brian is like, well, we're not together anymore. So you don't owe me an explanation. And I'm like, exactly um but Ali's like yeah but I, I'm not here trying to wriggle off the meat hook I just I never meant to trivialize our relationship or my love for you I think I was so intent to look forwards I didn't realize it was because I was scared to look back and just so that you know what you saw on the dance floor wasn't what I was feeling inside bye and then just leave yeah i'm like jesus ali like why do you have to why do you have to she cannot let it go because she's like everyone has to remember that i'm the magical whimsical romantic fairy in all of this yeah and i cannot let him leave this situation without remembering that and that what he saw wasn't me like being you know 
promiscuous or you know unfeeling or uncaring or like just you know getting loose um no I was you know I was dying on the inside I was and he needs to know pain. that You were happy because you don't have to date someone who's shit in bed anymore <laughs> and you just want to get your cock on. That's fine. Like, it's, just, it's just like... It doesn't have to be romantic. No, it's, and it's just like, you are... Like, yeah, just let him be in his hurt feelings. Like, that's clearly what he wants to be. He wants to be bitter and angry and hurt. Just let him be that. It is absolutely not your job to go and manage his feelings and flatter his ego and let him know that it's really hurting you inside, really. And it's just like, it it doesn't fucking... But like you say, I think part of it is she wants she wants to be remembered as a good person. Magical. And it's just yeah. like... He's not going to necessarily think that about you because you dumped him and said he was shit in bed. So he's going to have a bit of trouble remembering you with positive feelings, okay? And you have to let that go. (laughs) It's like, you just... She's like, no, but I really am deep. Like, it wasn't just about the sex that I was... Like, you know, I don't just care about sex. I'm like, you're allowed to care about I'm, sex, Ali. I'm not just about the dick. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, just... I'm like, so what if you are? Like, who cares? And so what if he leaves that thinking, well, she got over me quickly. She's already like fucking the pain away. And it's like, and? And? She's allowed to have a fucking orgy if she wants a fucking orgy. Like, that oh is my right goodness. Like no, inside I was still a tortured soul. I'm and still very torn up over you because you were so. It's just so. Um, I just find it so uh, yeah. excruciating. It is um, it's horrible. So at the courtroom, in Myra's case, um, the jury have found in her favour, which I'm with Nell when I say I'm surprised. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Uh, Myra says thank you and then she asks John if they can have that celebration dinner sometime um, and she's like you were fabulous like the other night um, could we maybe relive that evening sometime and John's like I'm not that kind of guy and I was like John why not like just have some sex with no strings like what's the problem she's not a client anymore like come on I don't really um, think but he- Myra I don't think he's really built that way. And I think that's fine. I think that's allowed. Oh, everyone needs to relax and just <laughs> have, have an orgy. <laughs> have an orgy already. God. <laughs> Myra is like, uh, you know, somehow I guess that. And she just gives him a little kiss on the cheek before leaving. Surprised she didn't squeeze his butt. But, yeah. you know. <laughs> She showed some restraint. Well done. Um, So anyway, that evening, uh, back at the bar, Vonda's singing a song called Breaking Up Is Hard To Do. And uh, Mark and Cindy are dancing again, having a really nice, like, you know, time. Um, And Cindy starts trying to plant the seeds of having this conversation about her past um, because she's like, oh, you know, what what attracted you to me? And he's like, oh, I have a thing for beautiful, complicated women. And she's like, oh, why do you think I'm complicated? And Mark's like, oh, just a hunch. And Cindy's like, yeah, there, there is something you should know. I, I do have a past. 
And Mark's like, we all do. Like, what have you got? Like a criminal record? And Cindy's like, no, I, I just used to be a different person. And Mark's like, look, maybe let's just go out a few times before we start, you know, revealing who we used to be. Like, I like a, a woman with a secret to tell. And I was like, good for you, Mark. This is the best thing I've seen you do, like, this whole time. Um, and Cindy's like, well, you're going to love me. And uh, they kiss. Mm. And then we pan over to Richard, who is sitting with Ling, and he's got his, like, hand up yeah. on the side of his head so that he doesn't have, have to, to watch. watch them. And he's like, that is so gross. And I was like, you know what's really gross? You. Transphobia, Richard. <laughs> like... What the fuck? You are really it's just gross, horrible. Richard. He's just, but he's not even being subtle. No, like it's horrible. God, and, and can you imagine being Cindy, like dancing and making out with this guy that seems to be really into you, and then you look over at someone you know knows that you're trans, and he's like that, and you know, looking disgust. Like I just. I cannot it's imagine it's how so fucking gross. awful that must be. Um, and Ling's like, look, would you feel different about me if, if I used to be a man? And Richard's like, oh, of course not. I'd vomit. <laughs> and I was like, this is... Just... It doesn't stop. It just it doesn't, doesn't stop. It doesn't. It's so horrible. Ugh. Why? Yes. Um, thankfully, that's the last scene we get with Richard's that transphobia. Yeah. Um, so finally, in John's office, Ali's come to see him and he's just kind of staring off outside, um, collecting errant thoughts. Um, and she's like, oh, congrats on the, the trial. And John's like, oh, yeah. And, and how are you? Um, and she's like, yeah, I'm all right. Um, I miss you. I miss our talks. And John's like yeah, I miss you too. And they kind of agree that they should go out sometime this week and like catch up. Catch up, yeah. Um, and then before she goes, um, she, Ali says, oh, do you remember when we we danced in the, the office before? Um, would you dance with me again? I don't know why, but I feel like I could use it. And then John's like, you know what? I could use it too. And so they do some dancing as Vonda sings alone again, naturally. Naturally. Um, and we get another Ali voiceover who says, I have a friend who refuses to get a pet because he says they die and it's just too hard. Maybe it's the same for relationships. Ugh, I don't know. And then the episode ends. And I'm like, why does yeah. my big problem... Well, not my only problem. Obviously, the transphobia was the big problem. But my other problem with this episode is like... Why does being single have to be seen as such like a Debbie Downer thing on this show? <laughs> like they make it sound like a fate worse than death. <laughs> like why would anyone ever enjoy being on their own? And I'm like, I don't like that narrative no, at all. No. Lots of people are single and are fine and yeah. prefer it that way. I mean, 
like yeah, any game doesn't have to be coupling up for everybody well I, I love that it's like the one time it looks like she's enjoying being single when she set up this models night and then you have like this wrathful ex-boyfriend turn up to tell you that you're uh, a terrible harlot for, for wanting to have a party when you're single like it's just like you can't let single women have anything can you David E. Kelly I feel like half the reason people who are single and don't like it don't like it is because of what society tells them about being single yeah. and how it is not a desirable state, state of being. Be yeah. Yeah. And I just think that's bullshit. Yeah. It I think is. that's what there's so, like you can be lonely in a couple. You, there's there's so many things about being in a couple that are not what I guess society's narrative like presents them as being like it doesn't solve all your problems for you it doesn't doesn't. guarantee that you're going to be happy for the rest of your life it doesn't guarantee that things are going to be easy for you in our in our like folk tales and fairy tales like you know it's the and they live happily ever after like getting married is like that's the achievement that's the goal and then everything is smooth sailing after that and it's like no, it's not. <laughs> like, no. It really if anything, isn't. it just introduces more problems. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's yeah. pros and cons to both. Absolutely. Things, right? And I just think, you know, being on your own and having your own agency and not having to worry about anyone else is can be an incredibly precious state to be in and and a wonderful liberating great like I had some time being single and I really enjoyed it and I just think if you're going to give that if we treated that as something to be desired in the same way as you know how there are great things about being in a couple I just think you'd be less likely to jump into a relationship for the sake of being in a relationship versus being single that is actually not great for you. Do you know I what I mean? Th- yeah, like, I feel... Only give that up. Only give that status up of being, like, happily single if you you really have found someone where it is better. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I think... Uh, but I do think there is... Uh, uh, um, there's a... Like, the meaning singledom is given... Um, by society is changes if you're a woman um, depending on how old you are so if you're in your 20s and you're single which is when I was like single was for for my longest like time was uh, uh, apart from being like a child like my longest my longest like we don't talk being... about children as being single do <laughs> yeah. like why does it suddenly become but, but a it, thing yeah but like it's a negative thing, thing as like, well I in in when I was uh single for longest was when I was in my early 20s and then that's not deemed to be a shameful thing by society. It's when you get into your 30s and you're single or, you know, God forbid your 40s and 50s and single. Like, it's just like for women, like, that's when it's like, oh, there's yeah. something wrong with you. Is that I know. You, are you defective? Like, But um, it's like, I know increasing amounts of women who are... Um, single by choice yeah as they get older and 
and for, not because they can't get anyone, but because they like their independence. They like yeah. being um, being a, in control of their own actions. They like the freedom that it gives. Doesn't mean they don't date. Doesn't mean they don't meet people and spend lovely time with them. Yeah. It just means that they're not interested in like they see coupledom as um not the be all and end all of things you know what I mean they're not looking for that as like end game and I really think that there's something to be said for that um and I hope and I just think it's such it's one of the big travesties of (sighs) of society that we just perpetuate this myth that everyone should be with someone um one person for the rest of time yeah. like I think it's it's stupid like yeah. you can't guarantee that that is the best way to live your life no. against all you know signs to the contrary do yeah. you know what I mean like I don't know I just find it really odd but yeah this show is just like a living example of yeah well it's, it's wrong it's an ode <laughs> to everything that is wrong in in that that attitude you know it's um, very weird. Yeah. Verdict of the week. The jury's back. I think I know where this is going. <laughs> well, I'm going to give Cindy uh, not guilty. Oh, maybe I don't. <laughs> yeah, well, because I just felt so sorry for her. Like the I lit- know. The shit she had to just wade through in this yeah. episode was just horrendous. By people that wanted to help, quote yeah, unquote, as I, well. I, like it's like who needs friends like with friends like that? Who needs enemies? You yeah, know what I mean? like you are absolutely just. I, I just felt so. I just felt so sorry for her. I really did. Um, I know. Just you should have gone as soon as someone. As soon as yeah, from that first meeting, like she should have gone elsewhere but it's just that thing I understand why Mm. maybe she would have made the decision to be like oh I I cannot bear to go through this again like I've told Mm -hmm. them now let's just get on with it like um yeah but yeah fucking hell there has to have been a better way to tell Cindy's story as well I just think David E. Kelly is just like did not need this um yeah anything from Richard we do not need Richard's no. opinion on anything most of the time anyway, but certainly not no. in this case. And Ling, and to be honest, Ling wasn't much better, to be honest. She was no. slightly less better, but when she was trying to stop Richard from doing the appalling things, I don't think it was coming from the same place as us. It was more like, oh, uh, you know, people are, people don't like it when you say that. I think yeah. she actually agreed with his perspective for a lot of... Yes. I, I don't know. Like, I just think she's not think particularly great affair but at least she had some kind of awareness of being like yeah. let's be professional what's allowed yeah, yeah. exactly um, I have to give Richard all the guilty this week because yeah. I, I just I as I said I'm just actually quite appalled at how much transphobia was just accepted Mm. in those days like it was really really shocking to me Mm. to watch this episode and I found it incredibly uncomfortable to watch those scenes where they were talking about Cindy um and I just feel sorry for anyone trans who perhaps is a fan of the show well I don't know if there is anyone trans who's a fan of the show actually I wouldn't wouldn't judge them if they, they didn't like it for the way that they've been treated um but 
to have to watch this shit yes <laughs> as entertainment yeah. like it's it's not it's not good it's not no. great and i know there are lots of shows that were guilty of this at the time you know popular shows shows that are still popular now like friends and the way chandler treats his dad, dad yeah um is shocking mm. these days but i feel like this was particularly they've never done something... a good job on this show dealing with trans issues as we know but this episode to me was particularly egregious like it was just it never stopped and it was just so mean-spirited so mean-spirited like there was i don't think there was anything good faith about it at all like i i just think when you're using derogatory terms about a person who is represent you know is representative of a group of people who are vulnerable in you know the first in the first place and using terms like it, it, yeah, like, but also seeing off. presenting some kind of argument that it's there's certain situations where it's okay to out them mm. if you're concerned about your friend, like yeah. it's not okay. If you're concerned Never about okay. their feelings, and it's like, there's well, no, I'm sorry, that's not concern. That that their feelings do not trump this person's safety. They no. absolutely do not. So, and it's down to the person in question to navigate. Yeah, whether they feel safe telling that person. They don't know whether they're safe telling that person yet until they get to know them a bit better. Yeah, and you do not get to interfere with that process. No right to out someone against their will. No, so yeah, for that reason, I it's such a shame because there were lots of elements in this episode that were really promising but i have to say it's probably one of the worst episodes i've had to watch of animate beetle just for those just, reasons I, I just yeah i found all the transphobic stuff really hard to stomach um but i really <laughs> i found the whole cajun fish like women's bar <laughs> I know that was funny that's the thing I there were lots of things that I did like in this episode that I showed lots of promise and it's just such a shame that this transphobic narrative has just like undermined this for me so that it's very difficult for me to To say that it's an episode episode that I enjoyed yeah um so yeah but yeah it did I could not stop laughing at that and also it was nice to see all the women all together doing something as Mm. well Uh, Mm. I want to see more of that sadly no more Georgia by the looks yeah. of things but anyway um we'd be very interested to hear from anyone listening on how they felt about this episode um did you um you know how did you feel about it how do you read it are you more forgiving of it because it's a product of its time or do you also find it incredibly uncomfortable um really interested to hear people's views um our Twitter is Bygones Podcast. Our Facebook, you can find us Bygones Podcast. Our Instagram is Bygones Pod. Or you can email us with your thoughts at bygonespodcast at gmail.com. Um, so, yeah. Um, uneven, I think, is the summary. Yeah. Sadly. Yeah. Um, but let's hope things pick up next episode. Um, and, yeah, until notably, next time. Notably, oh. I just want to say also, a note, sorry. <laughs> I know it's also um, an episode that 
barely, like, we just glimpsed uh, Larry in this episode. I think that's interesting. So it's like, you need to have less of the transphobia and more of the Larry, please. (laughs) More of the Larry. Always more of the Larry. Turn up that Larry. (laughs) Yeah. Down on the Richard, up on the Larry. Up on the Larry, (laughs) (laughs) That's the way to success. All right. Well, until next time... Bye, guys. Mm. Rising. 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 Rising.